the Askell Business Brunch. Welcome everybody and welcome to the Business Brunch Live. My name's Hayley Dunn and I'm Askell's Business Leadership Specialist. And I'm Julia Harmton and I'm Askell's Funding Specialist. And today we don't have the lovely Louise Hatswell with us, but we do have a very special guest. And it's my absolute pleasure to introduce Pete Stopford from the Department for Education, who works in the Funding Policy Unit. And we're going to be talking today about the School Business Professional Strategy and some of the work that Pete's doing on that going forward. And they are very, very interested to seek as many views from across the profession. So I'll hand over now to Pete to introduce himself. Hi everyone, thank, thank you Hayley. It's, it's great to be here to join you as part of the ASCOL conference, so thank you very much for having me. Um, as Hayley said, my name is Pete Stopford and I work in the department's funding policy unit. Uh, I've been in the department for two years now and previously worked on the school's national funding formula and in particular led the consultation on increased or proposals for increased funding for small rural schools. Uh, but I recently moved across to the uh, school resource management policy team. I'm really looking forward to working in this space. So it's good to be here today. So yes, I just noted that I, uh, I became a, a secondary school teacher having joined the Teach First program uh, after graduating from uh, the University of Nottingham and spent four years as a teacher uh, and in my fourth year as the curriculum leader for the business and economics department, uh, which was really enjoyable and then moved into the PwC management consultancy scheme just to try something new, uh, but desperately missed education and um, applied for a job in the, in the department and was fortunate enough to be, to be appointed. Um, I've really enjoyed my time here since. Thanks, Pete. That, that's really helpful. And I think for, from our perspective, to know that you've seen all round education, so from the teaching and now working on non, uh, to support uh, non-teaching roles is, is really helpful, I think, for, for us to understand. So um, you're... You're currently leading the School Business Professional Strategy um, next stages, as Hayley said, but I wonder if you could start by giving us um, do a, little, a little bit of scene setting and do, doing a, a, a sort of summary of where the beginnings of the strategy, where, you know, past, present and future type, uh, type thing. Of course. So the strategy was written roughly four, four to five years ago. And it's really guided the, department the department's actions in supporting the school business professional um, network uh, and community. Um, it's part of the wider department school resource management strategy, which was published in 2018. So the ideas and initiatives within the SBP strategy feed into the overall SR SRM, um, sorry, many, many abbreviations um, strategy. Um, so, it's, it included three aims, um, which were around our three S's. Um, and those were firstly to, first of all, the first one was around supply. And that was to aim to ensure that every school had access to a skilled school business professional and to support recruitment and retention. The second was around skills. And that was to support school business professionals to have opportunities to uh, to, to, to build new skills and improve on uh, many of the fantastic skills that I'm sure are already out there. Um, and the third uh, is around status. And uh, we aimed to make sure that the value of um, SPPs was recognized widely and that school business professionals um, are involved in strategic and financial decision-making of, of the organizations that they are, that they are within. Um, 
so we set those three aims and we had a range of initiatives which more often than not not contributed to more than one of the aims uh, before neatness perhaps i would just give an example of um, an initiative uh, that, that the more so contributes to to each of the aims um, so in the uh, in the supply in the supply uh, uh, space we promoted and provided guidance on um, SBP networks uh, as part of the wider school buying strategy. Um, and there are now over 100 networks and we continue to provide guidance on how they can be, uh, how they can be improved and new ones can be created. Um, in the skills space, we've most recently hosted the webinars, for instance, on integrated curriculum financial planning, which have been uh, hugely successful with um, almost every participant saying that they would recommend it to others. I think it was at 90, 96%, which is, which is pretty good. Um, and we also, on the status piece, which I have to be honest, I think is one of the strands in which we need to do uh, more work on, but we need to do work across all of the three strands, but status perhaps uh, a bit more. Um, but in that space, we did publish um, case studies that are available on gov.uk about the benefits to organisations um, that have been derived from, from work of SPPs. Um, so that's a bit about the past. Uh, presently, we're looking at refreshing the strategy and we're receiving lots of views on uh, things that have gone well, things that could be improved, as well as new ideas uh, to consider in the refreshed strategy going forward. Um, we're receiving those views um, informally, so we're not, uh, due to time really, doing a, a formal consultation. Um, but we're receiving views through various existing forums um, and our plan is to uh, collect information and data and feed that into a strategy a refresh strategy which we are looking to uh, are looking to have written by the end of uh, this year okay I th so I th oh, sorry go ahead Julia no I was just gonna say so so that there's there's lots lots going on there sorry to carry on I was just gonna make a comment I was just going to say, and while I've while I've um, drawn out some of the some of the positives, um, we 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 completely recognise that there's a lot more work to do in in many of those areas. Hence, why we're doing the refresh strategy, really, and it's incredibly important to hear uh, from from yourselves about what more we need to do. So we're by no means resting on our laurels or thinking that uh, everything we've done is 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 enough here. Um, we're aware of some of the challenges facing the sector and want to want to build on that and really set out an ambitious strategy which which builds on what we've done but tackles some of the bigger challenges in the sector as well one of the things that that members tell us um is that they feel that there's still a gap in training opportunities and we acknowledge some of the the uh, free to access courses that have you've been making available and i'm particularly pleased on, about the icfp ones because i'm a great advocate of icfp as just about everybody here will know um but as this as the skills sort of section of of the um strategy remains a pillar um, what can we expect to see um, in terms of more specific investment? So I think what we're probably thinking, what, what colleagues are probably wanting to know about, are we likely to see investment to support specific qualifications and skill development? And I think that's really important um, for, for many reasons, but three in particular. Um, there's an issue around resilience of the sector. We hear that, you know, we, we, we know um, and, and hear regularly from colleagues about this, there's still a feeling could be 
a feeling of isolation in this. So there's a, you know, there's need to put a resilience factor across the piece. Secondly, for succession planning, because um, the, the sector, uh, the education sector, uh, I, I'm not going to use the word fragmented, but the education sector looks different across the piece. So there will be groups of schools who are wanting to um, promote, you know, internally promote and people to develop people's careers internally. There will be um, other areas where where colleagues want to move to different phases, etc. So this opportunity um, to to access specific qualifications and have the confidence um, and therefore the skills to to move around is really important for the succession planning issue. And thirdly, and probably well equally important at least equally important is compliance thinking around the way um, the academy's financial handbook is developing um, and the skills that are, are are being asked for and required as part of um, that handbook for for certain for, uh, in the, the trust sector so is this something that you're going to be that the strategy is going to be considering do you think, going forward certainly um I think we need to we need to aim big in this space and think we need to uh, aim to provide as much support as possible, be that on people accessing level four qualifications or level seven qualifications. And um, I think something we ought to really consider is an opportunity uh, around use of the apprenticeship le levy and um, I'm fully aware of some of the challenges to in that space. But I think uh, that's one thing that it makes sense to look at. Um, I think the one thing I would say is we, we also recognise that the skills required of people in the SPP community look different depending on um, the context and there have been suggestions of things like modular training and greater investment in particular, particular areas and skills that people across different contexts need, which I think is an interesting um, proposal. Um, and I think um, taking a step back and thinking about the strategy more broadly, I think it will be really important for us in this opportunity that the refresh gives us to really consider where the sectors go in and to think about um, what SPPs in different contexts and, and to hear from SPPs in different contexts about the skills that will be required across the sector and then to really plan backwards from there. It would be um, quite naive for us to draw lines in the sand that uh, kind of everybody should, should, uh, should aspire to. But really, I think it's important for us to listen about, um, uh, listen to people about what skills are important, and then plan to help to support those in, in in the best ways possible. Um, so yes, uh, a, a lot a lot to do in that space, and to build on and to build on the webinars and think about this a bit more strategically for sure. To just pick up on that, if I could, Pete, because I feel like there's uh, there's there's a gap, particularly in terms of qualifications. And uh, we've just come from the keynote with Baroness Berridge, which, um, if you're part of the conference, you didn't see that session, please do, because it was a really great uh, discussion with the with the minister. Uh, I felt she was very open in some of her her views and in taking on board some of our comments. And I feel there's a gap between if you look at the ISBL workforce survey, and we know that there are quite a number of practitioners who are qualified to a level four but then when you look at the um 
compliance sort of expectations you look at the current academy's financial handbook and the expectation that where you've got a trust with 3,000 pupils or more that you'll have a qualified accountant one of our delegates said they'd looked at it and to become a qualified accountant they'd be looking at eight and a half thousand pounds and there isn't an apprenticeship qualification in that space at the, at the moment um, and we know there are challenges and it's, and it's good to hear you say that you recognize those challenges because we know that having availability of frameworks um, in some situations where it's um, local authority having access to the levy pots is tricky for, and if you look at smaller schools so say if you looked at um, a small single primary school the amount of money that they are going to have within the pot is, is is going to be very small and and what they can access then is going to be very limited they've got a small pot that they're trying to split between many needs so i i would really um, encourage some sort of targeting looking as well as looking at specific skill gaps with short courses also looking at how we can succession plan and targeting at some of the qualifications to make us future ready Thanks, Haley. That's a really useful comment, and 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 I agree. Some of the, the the way that the sector is going, the expectations are increasing, as reflected in the academy's financial handbook, as you say, and ISBL highlighting um, a gap. So, um, it, I think it's only right that the department recognises that and supports uh, the skills uh, to be to be built or improved uh, to meet the needs of the sector that we're leading on uh, uh, influencing. So. And I should also say on the flip side of this, of course, is while we're upscaling and um, and uh, encouraging the uh, acquisition of new skills, we also have to understand that there's a, a piece around supporting the uh, the workload and um, uh, and and well-being of SPPs as well, and um, just being really aware of that of that context here. Absolutely. And some of the comments that we're getting in the chat, which are really useful. If, if you haven't seen, we've posted questions within the chat that the department would like, and we'd really welcome your feedback, either in the chat or separately. Um, that would be really useful. Is um, saying about the time away from school is, is really tricky, that the well-being elements, um, others giving views around the time out of school because there's nobody to backfill the job so some of those elements like the 20% sort of off the job training that you need through apprenticeships some of these things I think we need to think about whether these work within the the context of, of school business um, professionals. That's a really interesting point those, those those practicalities that we perhaps sometimes can overlook when we sit back and create a strategy are really important to to hear and learn about. So. Could you talk us through um, the pillars of the strategy uh, of the proposals for the next uh, five years, um, which which build really on on the past and the present? So I think that would be helpful to us to uh, to, to form uh, comments and reflect on those. Of course. So um, we're our current thinking is around framing the strategy in a similar way, in that we have our three aims and um, we're looking to build on those aims really. So I think we're still discussing and in the space of discussing uh, improvements to the, the supply skills and status in addition to this year considering how we engage with the sector. So that's if you like a fourth addition to the aim about engagement. Um, some of the things we've touched on already uh, in the skills but um, some of those we haven't are um, uh, our collaboration, for instance, and I think Haley pointed out that um, some schools will be in different positions with regards to the apprenticeship levy. So thinking about collaborative networks, 
Um, in the supply space, I think there's a lot more to do about entry routes and career pathways, and those will be two big things to consider. And in the status um, space, I think there's a lot more work to do to, to really embed um, uh, the, the, uh, the value of SPPs across both our communication and our programs. So uh, for instance, the SRMA deployments and ensuring that um, uh, across the communications and programs, uh, school business professionals are kind of at the heart of the strategic uh, and financial decision-making. Um, so yes, in short, we're still looking at those pillars and thinking about um, uh, ideas within that. And I think there's a broader piece around um, scene setting here as well. I think there's um, perhaps an issue uh, around uh, information and data. And I think uh, there's, there's a kind of underpinning foundation to all of this in which we need to um, assess what the sector looks like and to uh, hence why things like this are really important for us to find out what's going on. And then that really needs to uh, drive what's going on in those pillars. As I think that will help the, to uh, avoid the pillars becoming more like piecemeal, piecemeal suggestions. And actually we'd, we would have this collective idea of where we're going and why, and then building initiatives back from that point as opposed to vice versa. And I think interesting that, that you, <laughs> you talked about entry routes. Um, uh, there's a, a comment um, in, in the chat here that uh, many of us fell into this career with no prior knowledge of what a Versa or SBM does. Um, that this this uh, colleague would propose raising the national profile of our profession. Perhaps uh, DFE could help us with this. Really good comment. And I think that that feeds well into when we think about the status aspect. Um, I think a question that we and Hayley and I have discussed that we, we ask ourselves, you know, how did we get to this point where in 2021 status is, is still such an issue? And I think, I mean, there are many reasons for it, but I, I think I think one of one of them for me is about is about the parity or perhaps lack of parity from the outside looking in um, to this profession. Um, and clearly we, we can't talk about status without acknowledging issues around pain. Now, we are very clear that this is not within DfE's remit, um, but I think for everyone else in the room, it's important that you understand that from our point of view, we acknowledge um, that, that this is an issue and, it, and it's, it's sort of chicken and egg, I think. I think there's, there's, there's a lot to think about here. I know, Hayley, you um, are already immersed in quite a lot of work um, around raising the profile of the, of the profession within the sector um, and around pay as well. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, thanks, Julia. I, I, I feel I feel a huge amount of frustration that we're still talking about professional recognition. I've been in the profession a long time and I can't believe that we're still having this conversation in 2021 that, that this isn't something that we've got on top of. Um, and I just want to be really clear, um, I mentioned it in my keynote speech yesterday about the ASCO position on, on status and recognition, paying conditions, where a school business leader has whole school or trust responsibility, is part of the leadership team, that they should be going to leadership team meetings as, a mo as appropriate, they should be paid in, in parity, they should be given recognition. And I I hope my frustration is coming across that we're still having these conversations but it's so important that we do keep talking about this um, and I talked a little bit yesterday in uh, my keynote speech about what we've done in the past reflecting on some of the lessons learned that have gone 
before, but also thinking about that actually the profession has moved a huge amount in the last five years. Things are, are very different. I've only been out of the profession for a couple of years, but actually already things have, have moved a long way and are developing. And we have to take into account generally the, the direction of travel on um, the ways of working and the skills that we're going to need to be future fit. We also need to think about the policy direction. We know that there's a there's a push on families of schools and academisation and we need to think how we're going to prepare ourselves for that but also still dealing with these long-standing issues um, and I gave a call out yesterday and I'm really grateful to the business leaders who've already emailed me to say that they'd be interested for members who are interested in joining a working party to work alongside with us at Askell Council's Conditions and Employment Committee to look at this and what we can do what more can we do to get these messages across because I feel our messaging is really really clear but it's still obviously those messages aren't getting out to every part of the sector and and I'm absolutely behind what we can do to, to, to sort that and to, to help business leaders. Yes, and I, I think um, I, I, I could assure you as the policy lead on, on, on in this space now in the department, I'm going to be um, very vociferous internal champion of SPPs. But that said, it shouldn't come down to one individual to, to be uh, wax and lyrical because it should, the benefits should speak for themselves. And actually that's what I meant when I said embedding the strategic value of SPPs across the piece. And actually, when that recognition is is built, then hopefully over time, we aren't in a position four or five years from now where we're still saying, why, why is this, why is the status not, 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 not come on? It needs to be more embedded, really. Um, and to pick up on a previous comment as well, um, just drawing on a personal anecdote, I mentioned that I was in teaching for four years and then wanted to do something slightly different. And my um, undergraduate degree was actually in finance and accounting. And it was just interesting to me uh, when I was appointed to this post that uh, the, the prospect of going in, because I, I loved my time in education and thoroughly enjoyed working in a school setting. So it was just interesting to me uh, from my own personal experience that uh, going into the school business professional community wasn't something that I kind of had on my radar. And I, I started to kind of question why, why that was. So going back to Julia's comment about um, the communications around uh, entry into the profession could, I think, be improved. Uh, at least something that we should look at and collect evidence on and views on and 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 consider um, uh, how that is or, or isn't working. Um, and I, th I think one of the challenges as well is uh, quite often we can be talking to the same people. I know that all the business leaders who are either listening to this podcast or are here at conference are engaged, they're connected, they're connected through their regional groups, their local groups, through their professional associations. But I, I, I would really welcome any ideas in the comments about how we meet, we, we reach those that aren't engaging. And, and I would imagine that's one of the challenges for the department as well is, is how do you get your messages more widely known? I completely agree. If, if anybody has an answer to that one, please send, send it, send it in. <laughs> it's very, very tricky because otherwise you're just, you're just talking to the same room all the time. And, and the only yeah. way to get all of these messages and to, and to get this, um, to get that professional recognition, to get everybody on board is, is to get those messages to everybody. And it is, and it is so, so tricky, but there are some wonderfully engaged business uh, leaders who are wonderful advocates for the profession um, and who are using their, their voice very, very positively. Like you mentioned, 
mentions the um, SRMA programme, there'll be a number of people who are at conference who are listening who are doing that um, SRMA work. And one of the things that I wanted to plug, it's not going to be a live session, but within the resource pack that delegates are going to get, we've got two video recordings, one from Jodie Francis, who's done a Stepping Up to Business Leadership, and one from Emma Gray, who's done Stepping Up to CFO, who are both giving um, their experiences of their journeys into leadership. And Jodie's is really interesting because she's done a number of the qualifications. And Emma's is really interesting because she's been on the journey through um, being in a trust and it growing. Um, and she's also been an SRMA as well. So really interesting viewpoints that give a really rich idea of just how different everybody's journey into the role that, they, that they've got is. But there's so much that we can learn from each other. I, I, I'm not sure if they can be uh, shared uh, outside of Ask or Haley, but I'd be really interested in, in viewing those if, if at all possible. Oh, we'll certainly find out because um, I think the more the more that we can help you, the more information that we can give you, um, the better. So as we've said, there's questions in the chat. We've got about five minutes to go on this session. If you if you want to screenshot those um, questions or anything else that you want to feed back, we've actually got a meeting on Friday with the department to have another follow up discussion more in depth about this. And we would absolutely love to have your views. So email us at tellus at askall.org.uk and we can can feed those into the discussion because I think this is just such a fantastic opportunity for all of us to feed in our views. Yes, thank, thanks Hayley, that's right and um, yes we, we, yeah, we're receiving views widely so it's, it's you know, the refresh of the strategy presents an opportunity and we need to receive uh, many views to, to, to look at the data and the evidence and then reflect on what needs to be improved. Um, There's also a really, um, there's a space, isn't there, for celebrating how far this role uh, as a professional role has come. For those of us who have been in this longer than I'm going to admit to, um, you know, I, I've seen a progression and there's still a lot, there's still progress to, to be made. And that's why I was able to do This is a great opportunity to start to think about this. But I noticed there's a comment um, in the chat about local and regional groups and how very, when they're established, how extremely effective they can be. But if there are still concerns around setting up a group, for example, or how to get hold of the group, then that, you know, that, that, that's where we're, we're missing, isn't it? That's where we're, uh, people are you know, being held back from learning um, where the opportunities are in this role. So I think there's a comment there about um, the legal frameworks and how to set up. So even though that's something that was part of the, the original strategy, it's absolutely right that we sort of just build on what we've got and not just move forward and think we've, we've done that bit because clearly, um, you know, that people are coming into the uh, sector all the time um, and the sector is changing. So um, th there's always space to build on what we've got, but we, we mustn't forget um, the, the, the progress that has been made um, as a sector. I completely agree, Julia. And just listening to um, Richard Sheriff, as current ASCO president, gave a keynote this morning. And I have to say, I felt quite emotional listening to him talk about his um, his CFO, his his HR manager and um, and his uh, his assistant, because he just talks so passionately about how much he values what they do and, and how much he values that he knows that they have that diversity of thinking, which is something that he really, really welcomes as part of his trust leadership team. So there are, I, I, I know that not everybody is in that position, but there are some wonderful leadership teams who 
really do value what their business leader does and, and who are working together as a really effective, cohesive team and really appreciating what their business leader does. Yes, I, I completely agree. And while um, I'm sure there are probably some frustrations out there about what perhaps may be perceived as lack of recognition from the department centrally at times, I think hopefully the fact that we are um, putting lots of resource into this and um, as soon as the job came up in this space, I was the first of the market to put my name into the hat because it's uh, really important and it's really important to get right. And we do recognize that as, as collect myself personally and collectively as a department. Um, but yes, I also agree with what Julia said, as well as thinking big and thinking about a coherent, ambitious strategy. I think every good strategy has a series of quick wins. And I think the thing around legal guidance of networks has been suggested in a couple of forums we've already attended. I think part of this will also be thinking, how can we make life easier in the short term, as well as four to five years time? Um, uh, so that's definitely a good example of that. In addition to building on the webinars, possibly presenting a, an, an offering a wider scope of webinars to, to build on the success of the ICFP ones. Um, uh, perhaps building on the uh, case studies which have illustrated the success of SBPs across the sector. Um, so yes, we'll be reflecting in uh, both short-term actions and the longer-term piece. Hence why it's really important to receive your ideas. So um, if it's anything you can contribute to that, we'd uh, be very happy to, to, to hear, hear from you. So just a quick reminder that if you do want to send your views in, please email them to tell us at askall.org.uk and we would absolutely love to have as many wide ranging views as possible so that we can feed uh, into the discussions. And Pete, can I just thank you? I think it's absolutely refreshing to have somebody that's come along, has been very willing, um, even from our initial meetings, of being willing to be to be interviewed, willing to talk to us quite openly. Um, and I think this has been a really fantastic discussion and we look forward to, to building on this with you. Thank you, Hayley and, and Julia, and thank you to everybody in attendance, and thank you for the work over the past 12 or so months. It hasn't been the easiest of years. In fact, it's been very challenging, if we're being honest, so thank you for, for everything you've done. Just before we go, um, we're asking all of our speakers during the conference just to reflect a little bit um, as we've got a, a well-being theme running through the conference. Would you be willing to share just something? How, how has it, the pandemic been for you, and how are you looking after your well-being? Uh, of course. Um, so. It's interesting, isn't it? Because the pandemic's um, uh, affected people slightly differently, although I'm sure many of the feelings and responses have been similar. So as somebody who was in a house share in South London with three relative strangers, it was a very interesting time to go into lockdown having only moved into the, that house recently. Um, so I did have to consider this um, quite carefully. I, I think I've become more attuned to recognizing when I'm not taking care of my mental health, bad sleep, physical health being a symptom of that and becoming quite insular. So I think recognition is the first is the first step for me personally. And then I put some things in place and I have my kind of series of what I like to call like daily distractions. And they include walking and podcasts, uh, cooking, because I find you have to be distracted um, because if not, you might uh, lose a finger and uh, listening to music. And sometimes I'm just putting on some of my favorite music and just, just focusing on that really. And I think when I come out of those distractions, I... Um, inevitably feel, feel a bit better um, for them. Um, and that's in addition, of course, to some, uh, to some uh, uh, different things, uh, such as kind of reaching out to friends and family if things ever get a bit too much and just remembering the people were there for you. Yeah, that's so, so true. Thank you so much, Pete. And thank you to Julia as well. And we'll see you all soon. Thank you for joining us. Mm -hmm.
the Askell Business Brunch.